For many years, Helen Burhani read scriptures about loving her enemies and forgiving those who persecuted her. But when she was imprisoned and tortured by the Eritrean government, those verses became more than just nice words. She had the opportunity to show by her life whether or not she really believed what the Bible says. I read it, but I haven't been practiced. But when they torture me, I feel just forgiveness and love them. So I say, okay, now Bible I read, give me meaning. That's why Stephen, he says, forgive them. They didn't know what they are doing. Jesus never promised his followers an easy path. In fact, he told his disciples that the world would hate them. He sent them out as sheep among wolves. Jesus' words came true in the life of the apostles, and they're still coming true today in the lives of his followers around the world. Join host Todd Nettleton as we hear their inspiring stories and learn how we can help, right now on the Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network. Last week, we heard part one of my conversation with Helen Berhane. She is a worship leader and a gospel singer from the nation of Eritrea. She was arrested for sharing her faith, and she was held in a shipping container for 10 months. For much of that time, she was imprisoned, along with a mentally ill woman who attacked her and beat her, just like the guards did. Through that whole time, Helen continued worshiping the Lord, and she gained a deeper understanding of the power of song. To hear the first part of my conversation with Helen, go to vomradio.net. While you're there, we'll also give you a link to order a copy of Helen's book, Song of the Nightingale. While she was in prison, the authorities kept pressuring her to sign a document that said, I won't attend church again, and I won't follow Jesus anymore. I asked Helen if there was ever a time when it was tempting to just give in and, and sign those papers. No, because always they try this kind of thing. But uh, if you d- decide to follow Jesus, if you know what they are doing, so for me, it's kind of, why, why, why are they coming with this paper all the time? <laughs> it's kind of funny. Actually, when you stay one year or something, doesn't give any meaning. Yeah, so I told them, I have been here for several months, so why you are asking me this kind of question? What did it mean to you to know that Christians were praying for you around the world? Wow amazing uh, because as I told you the prison in Eritrea is from bad to worst you can mention it hell on the earth but in that situation I can feel people are praying so I say to those fellow prisoners wow people are praying for us otherwise you can't pass through this kind of thing actually for me day and night torture to show the other prisoners because they come five container, so they go out. So when they come new, they torture me to be like to use me as an example. So the other prisoners would see you being tortured and they would know, oh, I need to be good, so yes. they won't do that to me. Yes. They use me too much. I don't know how I am alive. There are many die, actually. So... But God give me uh, to be a testimony for others. I'm not special, but to 
escape from that kind of torture because it's uh, it's easy to speak about it but it's hard to pass through it i know i know what's happening how they torture me because i have been there so but the biggest thing i am amazed i'm alive i'm with my daughter now also i'm voice for those voiceless mm-hmm. Can you share any particular times where you just all of a sudden had a feeling people are praying for me? Was was there any time that, you know, maybe you're going through something and you just suddenly realized people are praying for me right now? Yeah, actually, uh, when they torture me sometimes, I don't feel hatred. So I don't know how I love them. Also, sometimes they chain me outside. It's very painful in my legs and my hands so the whole night i'm outside but i feel peace that's amazing amazing yeah so i'm not crying because this hurt just i i feel the presence of god protection and uh, people prayer i i can i understand i can feel it many times if you're listening i hope that that inspires you maybe even right now if you're listening on the podcast Push pause on your podcast and pray for Christians in prison right now. Pray for Christians in Eritrea in prison right now, because as Helen has shared, it it does make a difference. They know somehow, supernaturally, they know, God lets them know, hey, you're not alone, you're not forgotten, people are praying for you right now. Uh, so I want to encourage you, if if you're listening to this on a, in a way that you can pause it, just pause and pray for Christians in prison right now. Helen, you you shared that you you don't hate the people who tortured you. Even even then, you didn't hate them. You weren't angry with them. How does that work? I don't know because normally I when I read my Bible, Jesus says, "Forgive them." They don't understand what they are doing, so it doesn't give any meaning at that time for me. Also, when Stephen, he says, forgive them. They didn't know what they are doing. But when it has happened for me, actually, after two years, I, I will tell you how they torture. Because they beat me uh, countless times. With all his might take five minutes break. He targeted my hands and fingers. He was shouting as he beat me. Well, I kept silent. He continued until he had no more strength. He then called the guards and shout, get her out my my sight. So at that time, I was dizzy. My body was deep red and blue. I was unable to walk. So they dragged me back to the container. They tried to chain me, but my hands were too swallowed to fit. When they beat me, I loved them. I don't know. That's also surprised me a lot. I read it, but I haven't been practiced. But when they torture me, I feel just forgiveness and love them. So I say, okay, now Bible I read, it give me meaning. That's why Stephen, he says, forgive them. They didn't know what they are doing. If they know what they are doing, they can't torture me like that. I love them. I love my country. 
I'm not criminal. I'm working hard. So I'm not bad for Eritrea. I love them so much. I love President Isaias. I don't know why he's doing that. But my prayer is one day he can understand what he's doing for his own people. Also, those pastors, they are still in prison. It's not allowed to visit the family. So the kids, they are desperate. So I don't know, but I hope one day the Eritrean government he notice how he, we love him. Doesn't matter how he torture us, how he did bad things for us. But I love him from my heart. I love him so much. So, yeah, the only thing I have is love. But God gave me this kind of love. It's, it's come inside of me. I don't know. I don't know. It's a miracle. Miracle, uh, there, yes. There's no other explanation. It's a miracle, yeah, yeah, it's miracle that someone could beat you to the point that he was exhausted yeah. and you were still going and you were still able to love him. Talk yeah. a little bit about what it meant to you to read the Bible in prison and the fact it's it's a miracle that you were able to have a Bible part of the time you were there. But what did it mean to be able to dig into God's Word even while you're locked in a shipping container, even while you're in miserable conditions, to have that that source of uh, encouragement and strength. Yeah, I I believe God is always did miracles. Since I was young, I I saw that kind of thing, so I, I trust Him also in prison. When I arrive in uh, that's uh, my sorwa metal shipping container. The next day I found Bible. Maybe it's, uh, people, it's hard f- for people to understand. But always Bible is with me. I read it um, 15 times from Genesis to Revelation. Plus, every day I prepare for those people inside the container. Those people, they know with me, they know it. Every day. Plus, four or five letters for those fellow prisoners out of the my container. Bible means for me a lot. When I read it more, I feel I'm, I didn't know anything. When I read it 15 times, I say, wow, God, forgive me. Before my imprisonment, I feel I know the Bible. But when you know more, know him more, when I know more the Bible, I feel I'm nothing. Because it's amazing when you read it, it gives you new revelation. It's an unbelievable. Bible means for me a lot. So always I read my Bible. Also now I am, have been in theology and now I'm in leadership because I want to know more about the Bible because it's deep, deep. When you know it more, so you get breakthrough in your life. This knowledge can send you free. We're talking today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with Helen Berhane. She is a former prisoner for Christ in Eritrea. She's also the author of a book called Song of the Nightingale, uh, which we will give you a link to purchase a copy when you come to vomradio.net. Helen, how are you different, spiritually speaking, after prison from before prison? How is your walk with Christ different after that experience? Yeah, the suffering, the 
troubles, the problems I pass through to help me to know him more and to be close to him. So I feel like I have been educated in the university. I think it was Richard Wormbrand that talked about the school of sufferology, and you use that too, that idea that God is training us, and this is just a part of our training. Yeah. Oh, and if you see in gym, if you go to gym, so you need to train your muscles. So when you are more trained, so you will be shaped. So Christianity is the same. Also, if you want to run, to win, so you need to run by your own, not only to run on the uh, competition. You need to run by yourself. So Christianity, it's kind of training. You need to train yourself so you can do something for coming generation or to be uh, example for others. One of the things that happened, in addition to people around the world praying for you, they wrote letters uh, on your behalf, letters to you, letters to the Eritrean government. What did that mean, or, or what happened inside Eritrea when those letters started arriving? Uh, I heard there are many letters they came to the government by my name. Yeah, they say, who is she? <laughs> kind of, yeah. Who is this lady? <laughs> yeah, so I think that's good to know the government, everybody know outside of the country. But you never got any of the letters no. to yourself? No. Okay. But I hear about that when mm -hmm. I uh, But they released. still made a difference. And I think we have three pastors that are on prisoneralert.com right now that we're encouraging people to write to in Eritrea. And like you say, they probably will never see those letters, but they still make a difference. Yes, it's true. So I would encourage you, and, and we'll link you from vomradio.net, but those three pastors need your prayers, and they need you to write a letter, put a stamp on it, and put it in the mail because it makes a difference. Yes, it's true. What, and I don't want to go too far down the road of, of political things, but what is it about the church that the Eritrean government is so afraid of? Why, do they, why did they close down the churches? Why do they arrest Christians? What are they afraid of? I have no idea about um, political thing, but why they are afraid to arrest Jesus? He's nice to people. He's healing for people. So I don't know. So always you have against. But the nice thing, I'm happy. Many people now, they are believers because of the suffering. Many Christians now we have in Eritrea. So when it's come f uh, freedom or when we are free, I'm so happy we have many pastors, evangelists, um, uh, prophets or many kind of people now. So they've they've been through the training school uh, of persecution. Yeah, a lot. Actually, when I was in prison, I'm not doing it to show up, but my persecution bring many young people. Yeah, so even my book is smuggled to Eritrea. One DVD to our uh, DVD also it's smuggled so many young people because of our suffering 
So it's amazing. There are many believers. But in the political side, I don't know because it's Satan. He blinds their eyes to see. Because if you ask me, those pastors, they are high educators. Mm -hmm. They are good for the country. Mm -hmm. They're so, good citizens. Yeah, good <laughs> citizens. They are not criminal. So uh, it's hard, but it's, I think it's kind of a spiritual war. Absolutely. So the Christians, they need to pray more and to support more because they are part of us. So they are family of us. So also to pray for the government. We need to pray for the government and to understand what's happening. But I believe one day we sing loudly on the street of Asmara. It will be amazing revival soon. So I have, I believe not only hope, I believe because of our torture, because of our suffering, it will bring revival and prosperity. Yeah, this is my dream in my country. Helen, there are right now 173 Christians in prison in Eritrea that have been in prison for a long period of time. None of them has had a trial. None of them was given a lawyer. None of them was actually formally charged with a crime. They just get arrested and they kind of disappear. When you think about those brothers and sisters, and you've been there, you've been in the prisons, you've been in the shipping containers, when you think about what they're going through now, what goes on in your heart? Yeah, that's why I'm traveling to be voice for those voiceless. They have been for many years in that terrible situation. So also it's not enough food. So when I feel that, yeah, just I pray and I encourage people to engage with persecution because those people, they have been there. Also they are children. Always when I'm thinking about their children, it's hard for many years, also for their wives. Yeah, so many children, they are desperate. They didn't know where they are, what they are doing, how is this their situation. I'm surprised people, they are keep silent. Some churches, they don't allow us to pray for persecution. So sometimes, are they alive or dead? Why they don't allow us to pray in the church about our persecution? We have now enlisted 173, except those people in and out. Mm -hmm. So if people are in prison for many years, for what reason to keep silent? So I encourage the Eritrean churches, the European churches, American churches, Asian churches, and everybody to pray more about Eritrea. And one of the things that we always try to do here on Voice of the Martyrs Radio is equip people to pray. I'm going to ask you a couple of prayer questions. First, I want to think about those who are in prison right now. You've been there. How would you encourage us to pray for them? Yeah, I encourage to Pray by, for example, now release international days, start to pray 173 days. So it's kind of chain prayer. Mm -hmm. Also, you can do it different thing. You can support financially 
that's also part of that. If the their children have good education and they, we will feed them, so it will be also good for the children. What are some specific requests that we can pray about on their behalf, the the people who are in prison? In Hebrews 13, 3, it says, Remember those in prison as yourself there. Also in other verses, it says, When one body suffers, the whole body suffers. So we need to pray as we are part of them, part of our body. If your hand have pain, so how you can sleep? So we need to pray as we put ourselves in their persecution. And I think hearing your story will help people pray, even praying that they can get a good night's sleep, praying that that they can manage to forgive and love the people who are mistreating them. And um, just as people listen to your story, I, I hope that'll kind of feed their prayer thoughts about, okay, here's some specific things that I can pray about. Let's talk not just about the prisoners now, but about the church, the underground church in Eritrea. How can we pray for our brothers and sisters who maybe they've been arrested before, but they're released now? Maybe they've never been arrested yet. How can we pray for them? Yeah, uh, we pray to get strength to continue what they are doing. Because when it happens, always suffering, people can feel tired of that because it's over and over. So, yeah, for to have strength. And finally, I want to I pray about the country as a whole, and I think this would include the government. You've talked about mm-hmm. praying for the eyes of government leaders to be open to the truth. Yeah. How else can we pray for the country of Eritrea as a whole? Yeah, I'm asking for everybody to pray about specific about President Isaias. I don't know what's happening. In my heart, I love him so much. So if I met him, I would tell him how, how much I love him because he created by God. God loves for everybody, for everybody. So I think we need specific to pray about President Isaias. The Christians outside, they, we pass the torture. We love him so much. So just pray for him by love, not hatred, just by love. So I'm, I'm sure when we pray by love, we can change the situation in Eritrea. I hope that as you've listened to Helen talk today and share her story, that, that you that you want to pray, that, that you are, are wanting to lift up this country and lift up our brothers and sisters there. Helen, it, it's such an honor to talk to you, and it's you're such an example of faithfulness. Uh, even when it was hard, even when it was difficult, you remained faithful. Thank you so much for that example, Mike. and thanks for sharing with us here on Voice of the Martyrs Radio. Thank you. You've been listening to the Voice of the Martyrs Radio. If you joined our conversation late, you can go to vomradio.net and listen to the entire conversation. We'll also give you a link to order Helen's book, Song of the Nightingale, and we'll give you a link to prisoneralert.com. She mentioned letter writing to prisoners. We want you this week to write a letter to those three Eritrean pastors that are in prison right now that are on prisoner alert. Those letters do make a very practical difference. So, 
Come to VOMRadio.net. We'll give you links and more information about that. But whether you come to the website or not, I hope you'll pray for the nation of Eritrea this week and, and pray for our brothers and sisters there. I don't think we can imagine most of us being locked in a shipping container for months on end. Those brothers and sisters need us to join with them in prayer uh, and support them. We know God is faithful. We know that he's there with them, uh, but we want to lift them up in prayer as, as parts of the body of Christ. I hope you'll join us again next week here on Voice of the Martyrs Radio. Our guest will be Cole Richards. He is the new president and CEO of the Voice of the Martyrs. You've heard from him previously on VOM Radio. We're going to talk next week, and I know you'll enjoy hearing his heart for persecuted believers around the world. As well, he'll give us a vision for some of the things that are on the horizon for VOM's ministry in the coming months. So please be back with us next week to hear that right here on the Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network.